Chicago, you're still shooting up. In Boston, you're still shooting up. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And last week was heavy, man. Last week we had the Miles Garrett incident. We're gonna talk about. We had the Colin Kaepernick workout. We're gonna talk about. Uh, two, we're gonna talk about some college football. We're gonna talk about Mellow. We got a lot to talk about this this week. Um, and I'll just start with the. I guess we'll just start with the Miles Garrett incident. So for people that, I mean, first of all, if you watch sports, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, thank you. First of all, second of all. If you listen to this podcast, that means you 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 enjoy sports, you like sports, or you like me, I guess. I don't know. But you have to know what happened with the Miles Garrett incident. For, and I say it all the time, for, for people that don't know, uh, Miles Garrett and the Cleveland Browns were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was Thursday Night Football, and an incident occurred. <laughs> uh, Mason Rudolph, who was the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, got into a, a little altercation with Miles Garrett and um, Miles Garrett ripped off Mason Rudolph's helmet and hit him on the head with it. Uh, of course, then Marcus Pouncey or Marquise Pouncey, I don't know really how to say his name like that, from the Steelers went crazy and started like haymakering Miles Garrett with his helmet on. And, you know, it sparked a whole bunch of controversy. This had in the third, and at the end of it, Miles Garrett got suspended indefinitely. Um, Pouncey got suspended three games. I, I don't know how to say I forgot how to say homeboy's name, but there was another player from the Browns that got suspended for a game. And Mason Rudolph didn't get suspended. Um, let me start by saying that I completely agree with the league for suspending Miles Garrett indefinitely. One... You can't rip nobody's helmet off. Like you know it's bad when you know it's bad when players in the league and former players are like, yeah, he's you know, he went too far. He should be suspended in debt. he should be suspended at least for this year. Uh, you know, you don't do that in the league, this, that, and the third. Like you know it's bad when players I get just analysts, but when players come out and say, Yeah, no, nah, you went overboard, this, that, and the third. Miles you can't I, I get the ripping off, you know, uh, helmets. Hell, we remember when Andre Johnson and homeboy from the t- uh, Titans got into it and they ripped their helmets off and, and started throwing blows and stuff like that. But it's not the fact that you ripped off the helmet. It's the fact that you hit Mason Rudolph in the head with the helmet. You can't do that, bro. Like, you could really cause damage. A lot of people are like, you could have killed him. Like, I'm not going to go that far. But you could have really caused a lot of damage and a lot of harm to Mason Rudolph. It could have been career-ending uh, head damage. It could have been um, at least season-ending uh, brain damage. You know, you never know. So I agree wholeheartedly with Miles Garrett being suspended the entire. I mean, you know, indefinitely. I also think that the committee that handed down the suspensions. Also looked at Miles Garrett. I think he's like top five this year in penalties with late hits. Um, and you know, he's—I'm not calling him a dirty player. I'm not saying that at all. But he does have a tendency, at least this year, for um, being a little overly physical, a little overly aggressive when it comes to uh, you know on the field. So I agree, and I, and 
a lot of people say that this incident shouldn't be paired with that incident, which I 100% agree. But as we know, that isn't always the case. Sometimes a lot, like like Ladamikin Sue, every time Homeboy gets suspended or something, they always bring up his past. Same as Vontez Perfect. They always bring up the past. While I don't put Miles Garrett in the category of a Vontez Perfect, and I might not even put an Adamican Sue in the class of a Vontez Perfect, we do see that they do like to bring up the past when it comes to situations like what we saw Thursday night or last Thursday. Um, so again, I completely agree with the league suspending Miles Garrett indefinitely, at least for this for this entire season and if they make the playoffs, plus maybe three or four games next year. I get that because, like I said, not only was it egregious and you didn't, you know, you wanted to prevent that, but you want to hand down a very stiff, a very stiff, um, punishment so nobody else would do that so nobody will ever think okay well if miles garrett only got i don't know three games that's no big deal no you want to hand down a suspension that will deter people from doing it again and i think that's what the league did a lot of people's like damn like suspended indefinitely no this is not only in result of what happened but this is to let people know yo don't do this again or like I said, this is a hefty penalty. So I agree with that. I also agree with Pouncey getting suspended. Now, yes, I understand that you were defending your quarterback. Um, I do. I, I do. I would probably done the same thing. I know Pouncey was 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 hitting helmets. He wasn't doing anything, honestly. He looked he looked funny if you ask me. But I do get that you were defending your quarterback at any cost, especially as an offensive lineman. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, um, and it, it didn't look good, which I, I understand why he got three games. It doesn't look good. The optics look terrible. I mean, again, he wasn't hitting anything, but I do agree with, you know, you, you can't be doing that, bro. Like, you, you, cooler heads have to prevail in situations like that, and at the end of the day, somebody was going to get suspended, like, because I, I know somebody from the Steelers was going to go crazy. And they did, which was Pouncey. And I get it. I, I get it. I, I don't know if I would have done three games. I might have maybe done one or two. But I do I do understand and I do agree that he should have been suspended. I definitely understand that I forgot his – in fact, I'm going to look up his name. Um, uh, I'm not going to look up his name. <laughs> But the Browns player that got suspended, I believe, one game, I do agree, because he came out of nowhere and, like, trucked Mason Rudolph when the altercation was going on. Like, you didn't even have to get a part of that. I think, you know, like, at the end of the day, why, like, you're doing, that's some dirty stuff right there. I'm not saying that's on the same level as what Miles Garrett did, but that, that's some dirty, like, you didn't even need to be a part. That's like, you remember when Melo and them got to fighting in New York, um, and out of nowhere, Melo came out of nowhere and, like, swung. I think it was on Jeffries. Like, he swung out of nowhere. Like, he came out of nowhere and swung on homeboy. Like, it was – that's that's kind of what happened. Now, he didn't swing, of course, as in the Browns player. But you didn't need to be involved in the situation. So why are you in the situation? You know what I mean? 
So I get and I completely agree he should have been suspended. One thing that I do not agree with is Mason Rudolph not having any type of discipline. If you look back on the tape and you look back the entire game, Mason Rudolph, he was he was the aggravator or agitator. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph tried to rip off Miles Garrett's helmet to no, you know, and he didn't succeed or to no avail. Ooh, big words <laughs> to no avail. He also, I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, but he also made con like kicked Mason Garrett in the groin area. And he was getting to like, of course, after the whole, but he, look, all I'm saying is Mason Rudolph is not, is not um, blameless in this whole situation. To me, he started the situation. Yes, Miles Garrett. Now it was eight seconds left and you didn't have to drive him to the ground, Miles Garrett, but just get up like Miles Garrett was getting up and you're trying to rip off his helmet. You're 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 jawing at Miles Garrett. You're doing this and third again. I understand you didn't need to tackle homie with eight seconds left in the game. But Mason Rudolph should have been. He wasn't even fined. And then Mason Rudolph's camp's talking about we might uh, look even further and and press charges. But that was quickly, um, that was quickly, they, they deaded that story quick after the, the footage came out showing Mason Rudolph trying to rip off Miles Garrett's hat, I mean, uh, helmet, and uh, kicking homie in the groin. Like, this, the, the, I get in some situations where you don't want to suspend everybody because you don't feel like everybody deserves suspension. I get that, and I get you suspend some people and fine others. I also get that as well. But one thing that I do not get is that why would you? We it's like everyone saw the footage, and everyone understands how egregious it was that uh, Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet. But a lot of people are also saying, most people are also saying. How is it that Mason Rudolph didn't get suspended for trying to rip off? He started the fight trying to. It's like you start the fight, but you get knocked out. Not saying he got knocked out, but you start the fight. I like okay. So me and you fight, right? I start the fight. I'm the agitator. I come. I start the fight with you, but you knock me out. Yeah. They're going to look at you like, damn, you had to knock him out. You might get in trouble a little bit more, but I still started the fight. I still will get in trouble, or I still should get in trouble. This is not the case here, and I don't think, I don't think that's, that's right nor fair. Now, we do get Mason Rudolph, and, and goes back to the whole history thing. I think they were looking at Mason Rudolph did have an incident this year where he had a concussion. We all know about the broken or the faulty um, medical cart, this, that, and third. We, we, we get that. And they were like, oh, well, you know about that. Why would you hit him in the head again? Blase, blase, we know. But still, Mason Rudolph should have been at least, if not suspended, okay, if you don't want to suspend Mason Rudolph, at least fine him. They found, they find the team, both teams, I think $250,000. But Mason Rudolph is not, is not blameless in this situation. And, and 
you're making it seem that way because he didn't get fined. Uh, or not even fined, he didn't get fined, nor did he get suspended. And I don't think that's right at all. I don't think that's fair. And, I mean, I know they say life ain't fair, but, like, come on, my G. So, another incident, well, it wasn't an incident. Another thing that happened last week was Colin Kaepernick's situation. Um, we got, we as, you know, fans, media, this, that, and the third, we got a release from the NFL saying that they're going to hold a private workout for Colin Kaepernick. We, I think we learned this on a Wednesday. Um, they're going to hold a private workout where teams are invited to come and watch Colin Kaepernick to see if he will be back in the league or is is good enough to be back in the league um or if teams even just want to take a flyer on him you know uh and then we find out that or reports came out saying that it's going to be a closed workout um not all the team like not all the teams have to disclose if they're going or not and uh it can't be videotaped um, then we find out that it's going to be at Atlanta's practice field. It will be videotaped, but only by the NFL. And the, MV- and the NFL will distribute the tapes or the videotapes to the teams themselves. But the outside public can't, can't see the tapes. Um, and the funny thing was... On the day of, which is supposed to be on a Saturday. Again, we learned this on a Wednesday, but it was it, it, it was um, put this down here. But it was for a Saturday, like it was for this Saturday. But we learned it Wednesday again. Um, on the day of, we find out that Colin Kaepernick and his team, on the at the last minute, switched the venue. They switch the venue. They get. They go to a, a high school. Um, they also record the workout and stream it for YouTube. Uh, he has his own wide receivers, uh, own production team, and um, out of the twenty-four teams that were going to show up for the uh, official workout, only. Eight teams went to Colin Kaepernick's actual workout after he switched everything. Um, of course, the league didn't like that. They 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 sent out a, a bunch of releases. So did then. So did Colin Kaepernick. I have no doubt in my mind that Jay Z has something to do with this situation. Jay Z has something to do with Colin Kaepernick or teams looking at Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and and thinking about giving him a shot, or not even just teams. I have no doubt in my mind that Jay Z has something to do with uh, the league holding a really a one of a kind workout for a player like Colin Kaepernick. Um, but you can't tell me that this does not, and, and I don't think I do not think that this had, like, Jay-Z had anything to do with 
I think Jay-Z told them, yo, give Colin Kaepernick a shot. I don't think Jay-Z had anything to do with it outside of that. So with that being said, this screams PR stunt. I think because you see Lamar Jackson. In fact, if you look at most of the top quarter, uh, most like five of the top seven quarterbacks this year are all African American. You got Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and this is no order, of course, but Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, uh, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. All of them are black. You look at that, and, and a lot of them, uh, Deshaun Watson. In fact, all of them, except maybe the 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 exclusion of Patrick, uh, Dak Prescott, are mobile quarterbacks. But Dak Prescott can be mobile, so I'm not I'm not taking those shots. You see that, and then you see that after three years, the 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 clamoring for Colin Kaepernick has not died down. You see that. You see all these black quarterbacks at an all-time high, and it's like, you know what? Let's get in front of this. Let's do a, do a workout with Colin Kaepernick. We're going to control everything. We're going to control where he goes. We're going to control when he learns because Colin, Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick's team re, uh, released a report saying they found out, just like we found out, Adam Schefter reported it. That's when they, they found out on that Wednesday. So you give Colin Kaepernick what? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You give him three days to prepare for a possible life-changing situation. You give him three days. That To me, that's not enough time at all. But I digress. You, The NFL says, okay, we're going to control the narrative. We're going to control where he goes. We're not going to let any of the outside public see we're going to control the video, as in what, who shoots, how we shoot. So even if he has the greatest workout of all time, we can still control it in the outside world. won't see. They'll just hear, but they'll just hear from sources and teams. Um, if this doesn't spell PR stunt to me, I don't know what does. To me, Colin Kaepernick, and, and, and a lot of people said, well, how is it a PR stunt if the NFL is giving him a chance to be back in the league? I say they're, that's not what they're doing. Because think about it. Colin Kaepernick has been out the league for three years. If a team really wanted him, they, uh, he's still a free agent. So any team could have, could have called him on any given day and was like, hey, come work out for us. That's not against the law to do that, one. So a team could have done that. If the NFL really wanted Colin Kaepernick back in the league, why would you? Let me, let me give you, let me, let me give y'all a back, a, a little back story. I mean, a, a little back behind the curtains about the NFL. The NFL, they're, I think they're, they're one day off. Now, it's not, they're one day off. I'm, I'm not going to say off day as in they don't do anything, but their one very slow day is Tuesday. 
Wednesday, actually, let's start with Friday. No, let's start with Saturday. Saturday, most of the scouts and GMs, not really GMs, but scouts, sometimes coaches, are, are recruiting, as in, not recruiting, are, are going to check out college games to see, you know, future prospects, future stars, this and third, we don't know. So when you have, um, so a lot of, a lot of teams, scout team or, 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 yeah, scout team pretty much are, are watching college games. Sunday, oh, and coaches not only are watching college games, but they're, 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 are, you know, getting the last second preps for Sunday, which is game day, mostly. Sunday, you got game day. Of course, everyone's focused on game day. Uh, Monday, you have a lot of game. I mean, you still have a game day. Uh, also, for teams that played Sunday, that's recovery day. But they're still focused on, there's still a game, Monday Night Football. Tuesday is the day that usually the coaches take a break, um, scouts take a break, the team takes a break because of the physical punishment they took Sunday slash Monday. So Tuesday, they're chilling. I'm not going to say chilling, but they're recovering, which means you have all the time in the world to do what you got to do. Wednesday, the team usually reports back, uh, you know, players usually reports back for practice. Um, scouts report back, you know, start game planning for the next week. Sometimes it's a Thursday night game. If not, that's more practice. Friday, practice slash recovery. Saturday, we're back at it. It's like a cycle. If the NFL really wanted Colin Kaepernick to not only have as much ex as much exposure as possible, but had as many teams there as possible, why would you hold it on a Saturday when most most teams are out recruiting college college players or they're bunkering, bunkering down, you know, setting up a game plan for Sunday. So they already know that the GMs, coaches aren't going to be there. They're going to send their scouts that they, you know, they're just going to send scouts. They're not going to send Jerry Jones ain't walking up in there. No coaches are walking up in there because they're focused on other things. Why wouldn't you hold it on a Tuesday when nobody's really doing anything? Also, why would you do this? Why, why would you do this? In the middle of the season. Middle slash coming towards the end of the season because you, you, people, under, people don't understand how tough it is to integrate a quarterback. I, I get a running back. I get a wide receiver. I get a lineman. You don't understand how tough it is to integrate a quarterback into a new system. A new system in the middle of the season. I get Colin Kaepernick might not be a starter, but still, even a backup, a backup has to know everything that a starter knows, just in case a starter gets hurt. So it is incredibly, damn near impossible to, I'm not going to say impossible, but it is incredibly, incredibly difficult. The, 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 the odds are most definitely stacked against you if you try to integrate a quarterback it doesn't matter. You can you can have Tom Brady. If you had Tom Brady come off the street for three years and try to integrate him into 
the Miami Dolphins. It's still going to be a challenge because it's still the middle of the season. He has to learn all the players, learn their tendencies, learn the plays, learn what the coach is like, learn the uh, play calls, learn the signals. He has to learn so much, and it's, it's easier to do it in the beginning of the season than the end. Which is why the trade deadline is usually in the middle, in the beginning of the season instead of the end. Then, the NFL, then get, well, then Colin Kaepernick and his team understand, or, or I believe they feel the same way I feel. They feel, okay. Yes, this is an opportunity and a shot to, to, to make it back in the league. But this screams PR movement. This screams, screams PR stunt. So let me, let me take control of the narrative. The NFL was going to give me my own wide receivers. Wide receivers I could drop. The, like, you don't under, like, if, if I don't have complete control over a situation, right? How would I know what's going on? How would I know the NFL doesn't send an email to the team saying, hey, we're doing a Colin Kaepernick, uh, a Colin Kaepernick um, workout. Don't sign him. It doesn't matter how good he looks, don't sign him. What if the NFL does that? What if the NFL goes to each receiver and says, hey, make yourself look good, but drop a couple. We, don't want, we want you to look good. We don't want Colin Kaepernick to look good. Why would you trust the same organization that has been blackballing you for three years? Why would you trust them then to have an ultimate change of heart and not and, and, and have all the, 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 for lack of a better term, like all the good, like all the, the good faith in the world to do the right thing? That's the, the same organization that's been blackballing you for three years. Colin Kaepernick, the NFL then got upset that Colin Kaepernick not only changed the the um, venue at the last minute from the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Falcon Stadium to like a high school. He wanted his own receivers. Again, the NFL would not let him record for the outside public. They would let him record and well, they they wanted to record it and send it to the teams, but. Colin Kaepernick wanted full transparency, and the NFL didn't want that. So then Colin Kaepernick said, okay, I'm going to record this. Not only record, but live streaming on YouTube so the world can see. Um, he showed up with a Kunta Kente shirt. Um, and from the video that we saw, or videos and clips that we saw, he looked really good. The NFL didn't like that. You know, They sent out a, a, a bunch of releases saying um Colin Kaepernick wasn't serious um we we were full trans we were fully transparent with him and his team uh but Nike wanted to make a commercial Nike then came out of nowhere my Nike then came as a hey, fam don't put me in this we ain't got nothing to do with that we know that was not the case at all Colin Kaepernick um oh and I totally forgot that the NFL wanted Colin Kaepernick to sign a bunch of waivers but None of none of the waivers really benefited Colin Kaepernick. They all benefited the NFL. Look, man, I I get that 
I get what the NFL was trying to do. The NFL was trying to play face, and I think the NFL was trying to say, okay, for the longest it's been that Colin Kaepernick is, is out the league because of us instead of him. So what we're going to do is we're going to hold a workout. We're going to essentially put the ball in his court so that once he doesn't get a job or once teams don't call him, it's gonna it's, it's gonna go from okay the NFL is blackballing him to Colin Kaepernick isn't good enough because he had his shot and he and it and he blew it or he had a shot and he just wasn't good enough. I get what the league is trying to do. Colin Kaepernick also gets what the league is trying to do, which is why he won it and he ultimately did live stream it, which is why he ultimately wanted control over his workout, the same workout that he found out three days ago. Or three days prior. I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think Colin Kaepernick, oh, you know what, and before I end that topic, then Stephen A. Smith comes out and pretty much goes at Colin Kaepernick, saying he doesn't really want to play, he wants to be a martyr, he wants to control the narrative, um... He's not really ready to work. Um, he just wants to appease his fans instead of play. And what I say to that is, why would you not want to control the narrative? If the NFL has been blackballing you, right? why would you then not want to control what you can control? Think about it. I think of it like this. You remember when you were younger, for people that have siblings, you remember when you were younger um, and you're, you were playing a game, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever, you were playing it, and your younger brother or sister comes in and says, I want to play too, and their mom says, hey, they have to play. And you give them the controller, but the controller's not plugged up. They don't know that, but they're satisfied enough to play. They think they're playing, they're not really playing, you know, it appeases them, you're cool. There gets a certain age and a certain point where that person, that your sibling, starts to understand, yo, I'm not playing. The controller's not hooked up. You're the only one playing. You're only doing this to appease me. You get to a certain age when you start to understand that. And then you start to, then at that point, you either go left and say, you know what, I'm going to let it happen. I'm not going to say anything. I'll let them have it. Or you're going to go right and say, no, Ma said let me play. Or I want to play. Plug it up. We're playing. That, to me, is what Colin Kaepernick went right. The NFL expected him to go left and say, okay, this is my shot. This is my opportunity. Colin Kaepernick also then was like, no, hold up. How is this, how am I going to trust the same organization that's been blackballing me for three years to now get it right? And Stephen A. Smith, and it's not just Stephen A. Smith. It's, it's anybody that's like Colin Kaepernick, wanted, all he wanted to do was control the narrative. Why would you not want to control the narrative? This is your future, you know what I mean? 
Why would you not want to control the narrative, especially when the organization that you're trying to control the narrative from has been not only tarnishing your name, but they've kept you unemployed for three years. And it is, has nothing to do with your play skill or your play level. It has everything to do with your stance. Which, by definition, not allowing a player to play, not because of physical ailment, but because of personal reasons, and telling other teams not to draft him, or not draft him, not to pick him up, is a definition of blackball. Yet, you get upset when Colin Kaepernick then last minute, the same last minute that he found out about that workout, he last minute wanted to change and take control. As a black man, when he can take control of a system that is not for him to take control of. This system is for him to con concede to whatever has to be done because there's an opportunity in his face. Not realizing that there is not really an opportunity in his face. There is an opportunity for him to fail. Because I sit here today and tell you I don't care if Colin Kaepernick looked like Joe Montana in that workout. I don't think there was any shot of him making it back in the NFL. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he gets back in the NFL. Because I turn on the TV and see Bruce Allen throwing bunnies to the other team. I look, and I'm not, I'm not talking, in fact, we'll talk about this a little later. But I look on, I mean, we're not going to talk about it. I look on the TV and see Phillip Rivers throwing four interceptions. Not saying Philip Rivers is trash. All I'm saying is, you look at the town that Trevor Simeon was playing. Yet, Colin Kaepernick can't play. The Redskins last year, who did we pick up? Josh Jackson? I thought when I saw Josh Jackson or Josh Jacobs, whatever his name is, I thought they were talking about the forward for the Suns. But no, it was a player that ain't played since 2013. Yeah, you telling me that Colin Kaepernick ain't ready? So, and which, which is also gets to the point, you're telling me that this is the same organization that I'm supposed to trust that is also blackballing me? I think you're a little off, uh, Stephen A. Smith, or anybody that's upset with Colin Kaepernick wanting to take control. Or take, yeah, take control of the narrative. Because if you don't take or don't try to take control of the narrative, you go along with the narrative, whatever the narrative is. And if you're not taking control of the narrative or, or, or if you're not setting the narrative, who is? Think about it. Um, I guess we'll stay with football. Uh, you know... Just a quick recap of, of last week, or, you know, last week. Uh, Lamar Jackson looked incredible against Sean Watson and the Texans. I think they beat him like 41-7. Um, I think at this moment, 
the Ravens are the most complete team when we talk about both offensively and defense. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I don't know if they're the best. Don't. I'm not going to go that far. They could be. I'm not. I'm not. This is no. This is no. Um, this is no uh, slight on them. This is. I'm actually praising them. They are the most complete team. When we look up and down at, at, at both the offense and defense, they are complete. You have Mark Ingram. You have, uh, of course, Deshaun Watson. I mean, not Deshaun Watson. You have Lamar Jackson. You have Willie Sneed. You have um, Marcus Peters. Like, you have Humphreys. You have so many talented players. And they, they all are, it is a machine that is at full, it's a full octane machine right now. They look incredible, and I'm not taking anything away from them. I think they are the most complete team, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL. There is not, to me, there is not a team right now that is playing both offensively and defensively at a high rate. Like, you, if you look at the, let's let's look at it. Let's look at the um, the only team that I can kind of say might be on the same level, complete-wise, completeness is the the Saints. The Saints if if we're really looking on paper, the Saints have a way better team than the Ravens. Just on paper. But the Saints there are there are weeks, as we saw what two weeks ago, where the offense or defense if, if one of them goes down, it's the ship is, or if one of them's not having a bad day, or having a bad day, the ship is going down. We've seen, now of course they're not undefeated as in the Ravens, but we've seen, if Lamar Jackson isn't having it, you still have Mark Ingram. If, if the offense isn't having it, they have such a stifling defense right now, it is incredible, they're preventing people from scoring. I think that the Ravens right now are the most complete team. Of course, you can, to me, the only other team that is in the argument of most complete is the Saints or are the Saints. But I will give it to the, the, the Ravens right now because they're, again, a, a stat that continues to keep coming out is they beat Russell Wilson, they beat um, Deshaun Watson, and they beat uh, Tom Brady in a, an entire month. All three of which, if you ask me, are future Hall of Famers. One of which, to me, Russell Wilson, is a front-running MVP. With Lamar Jackson nipping at his toes. Or nipping at his heels. So you had that. Um, I mean, there really wasn't too many. The the, the, uh, Eagles lost to the Patriots. And the Eagles... Oh, man. The Eagles had so many opportunities. So many drops. Nelson Aguilar dropped another pass. Um, the Eagles have so many opportunities that they just let slip away. And the, the, the Patriots looked bad. In fact, both teams looked really bad. It was just, you know, the, the Patriots looked less bad. <laughs> uh, last night, which is Monday Night Football, we saw the Chiefs and the Chargers. That was a horrible. Both, both teams looked really bad. But we have to really question. I get he has the stats, and I get he has the numbers, but we really have to start and question. We really, to me, have to start questioning: Is Philip Rivers a sure, like a first ballot surefire Hall of Famer? Because 
I don't care who he has on the field. To me, they lose the same exact way every time they lose. They're either A, getting blown out, or B, they're losing, a, they're losing because of a, a missed field goal, or they're losing by seven. They're losing because Phillip Rivers throws a game-losing interception, which he did last night. In fact, there was a stat that came out saying that Phillip Rivers has lost, not just been in, but lost 60 games, 60 games with uh that that ended within seven or seven three to seven points that is the most in super bowl history like super bowl that is the most in the nfl nfl history as you know since they've been counting super bowls and stuff that's 60 times you could have won a game but you lost and a lot of those times like last night came off of philip rivers throwing he threw four interceptions last night do I think Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer? He, he, he probably is. He might be. But I don't think he should be no first ballot. He's like, what is it? No. He'll be the only quarter, or he'll be to me the best quarterback to ever, not only not win a Super Bowl, but he hasn't even made a Super Bowl. I was, I was going to, he's like, you know what he's like? And we'll talk about him in a second. He's kind of like Carmelo Anthony. It'd be... Carmelo Anthony has so many regular season accolades, but he's never had, he's never been to, uh, uh, he's never been to the NBA Finals. And he's only been to one uh, conference finals. And that was when he was with the Nuggets. Phillip Rivers has been to a couple, I think he's been like one or two AFC championships. Lost. I think that we have to really question if Phillip Rivers is a not a, not not just a Hall of Famer. He probably will be a Hall of Famer because he has numbers, but a sure ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know. Like look, he's play. Look at the team he's playing with right now. Eckler, uh, Gordon came back. We they have Keenan Allen. They have Mitt Williams from Clemson. Um, he's played with Ladamian Tomlinson, Hall of Famer. He's played with. Uh, Antonio Gates will be an, a sure ballot Hall of Famer, yet he has never been to a Super Bowl. I think we really have to start questioning what is our uh, criteria of Hall of Fame. Just like how a lot of people will question if Melo's a Hall of Famer, I question is Philip Rivers really a Hall of Famer, or at least sure ballot Hall of Famer. Hell, the, the Chiefs looked horrible last night on both sides of the ball. Yet, the reason to me why the Chargers lost was because of Phillip Rivers, not in spite of Philip Rivers. So, I don't know. Is there anything else I want to talk about NFL? Um... I won fantasy. Right now, I think I'm seven and no eight and three. So, I think I'm like number two in my league right now. I know y'all don't care, but just felt to say it. Um, let's go to college football. Uh, 
Tua, of course, is out for the season with a dislocated hip. Um, he's had an ankle injury for the longest, but now it is a dislocated hip. Um, this, to me, has major implications or major this right this will cause major change a major shift let me say that in in college football not only with the draft but with the college football playoffs with the college football standings if you look without to a Alabama still a good team i mean you're still coached by Nick Saban and to me they still have uh probably the second best wide receiver core in college football. The problem is their defense has struggled this entire year. And Tua was their saving grace. Tua was was incredible and he's been incredible. And they haven't really played money much competition. With Tua gone, that now puts an emphasis not only on the backup quarterback, but the defense that has been struggling. I don't think right now they're not in the college football top four. I don't think I don't think that they now if they do make it to me, it's because either LSU loses or Georgia loses or Ohio State loses. But I don't see Ohio State losing unless they lose to Penn State. And I don't also see uh, Clemson losing to anybody. Um, their their schedule is pretty easy. They, it's going to be a, to me. It might be a tough game. It's, no, they're not going to lose nobody. So I. Unless LSU loses, I don't see, or Georgia loses, I don't see Alabama making it. The only, the only to me, way they make it if they lose or is Alabama. And Alabama has not, since the college football playoffs have started the top or have done the top four, they have never, ever not been in the top four come into the season. So I think this opens the door for, of course, uh, uh, a Georgia to stay and remain in the top four. This opens the door for a, a Oregon to come in um, if Georgia loses. This opens the door for a lot of things. Um, and I think this closes the door on Alabama, at least for this year. What it also does is, it, to me, it might change the college, the, 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 the draft. Tua to, people were tanking for Tua. Now, do you want to tank for Tua that's coming off a hip and an ankle injury? When you see what Joe Burrows is doing, when you see Justin Herbert is doing, what you see, when you see what Chase Young is doing? I don't know. This, this to me, I, I think Tua will still be a top five draft pick. He still, hell, he still might even still go number one. But this does have major implications on the season. Um, go a little bit NBA. Uh, Shouts out to Luca. I think he dropped like he had a forty-two point triple double. The second uh, person to ever do that under twenty-one. Um, the only other person, of course, was LeBron James. Luca has been incredible uh, this entire year. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to shout out Luca for that. And also, the biggest news and the final thing that we will end with is Melo, Carmelo Anthony 
got signed to the Portland Trailblazers. Shouts out to them. The Portland Trailblazers has been, well, Damian Lillard and Caesar McCollum is trying to get mellow to Portland for a while now. But with the injuries of Zach Collins, and they haven't really hit with anybody on their powers forward slash um, small forward. Their small forward has, has kind of been trash. I ain't going to hold you. But Zach Collins being out, um, Nurk is still being out. They Portland, Portland having a losing record right now. They need firepower. They need scoring. And I don't know how good Melo's going to be scoring-wise because, I mean, he hasn't played for a minute. I think it's going to take time to integrate him back in. And Melo's going to have to uh, really understand. All right. And, and he might. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he's going to have to stop. I'm not the man. So, you know, I'm just going to do what they say. Um, I'm going to help any way I can. I think Melo will be a really good pickup for them. And, and, and the biggest, to me, the biggest reason why, two reasons. Two of the biggest reasons why Melo got signed. One, Portland struggling and injury history and injury got decimated by injury. Two, Dwight Howard. I think Dwight Howard's resurgence with the Lakers and Dwight Howard, while he doesn't look like the old Dwight Howard, as in you know the Defensive Player of the Year, Dwight Howard, the you know there was a, a legit argument if he's top two and well, no, he he was top two in the league for a long time. I think with his resurgence, people are looking at Dwight saying, hey, if Dwight can change and all the things that he's went through with separate, uh, multiple teams, I think that we can, Melo can do the same thing, or we hope Melo can do the same thing. So I think there's a lot of things that's in Melo's favor. It just has to now, it's on Melo. I think Melo will, is a really good addition for Portland if he can, not only can hit a shot, which, I mean, it's Melo. He's one of the greatest offensive players to ever play, but... If he can consistently hit a shot at where he is physically right now, and if he can confine and, and, and adapt to Portland's system, not Portland adapting to him. If he can, now, of course, we all know Melo don't play no defense. Melo ain't never played defense, but they will help him. They will help them offensively, and I think that's exactly what they need. But there you have it. That has been the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone for watching. Uh, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. It would mean the world to me. And please share the podcast, man. If you, if you enjoy it, uh, just just let people know. You know, share it. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, and come. You know, come listen. I appreciate everyone. I love everyone. Uh, until next time, much love.
talking like that Ain't no need to hold it back I'ma be the one to listen Take you higher than you ever been Baby, don't make me wait for nothing Cause girl, I promise you gon' love it When you wet, you can say you don't want it Every girl that's a hit, I can have that Who is between me and you, we can hide that You too bad to be playing, it's a hijack Cause I can, I can hear you calling I can hear your heart, it's crying out